Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diodana, and we've got Bo Troutman, our assistant sports editor, along with me here. Uh, he is trying to figure out how he can mathematically catch me in the high school football picks, um, and I will start. we will start by talking about some other things while he crunches those numbers uh, because it looks like it is getting frustrating on his face. Uh, sorry, Bo. I don't think you have much of a shot here. I don't know, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't count your chickens before they hatch, man. <laughs> um, we'll get to our week eight high school recap and look ahead to week nine with our predictions um, in a little bit. But we have a lot of other uh, things to chat about. Real quick, we're going to start with Kirk Cousins, Holland's native son or adopted native son. I guess he wasn't technically born here, but he was. Uh, he's lived here. He calls here his home. Uh, so I'm calling him the native son. Uh, he played in Detroit against the Lions on Sunday and had the best game of his career. Um, I was fortunate enough to be in attendance uh, and watch this happen. I've seen him win close games. I've seen him lose close games. I've seen them win where he the defense won it for him and it wasn't a factor. I've seen him play really well, but then they lose. Um, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, he was completely on point, threw four touchdown passes to four different receivers, had a great touch, his first touchdown pass that went over the defense, and Adam Thielen dove at the back of the end zone, getting his feet in to catch it. was one of the most perfectly placed balls I've ever seen him throw, um, and that's what started it all. And uh, he just could do just about anything he wanted. Now, part of that, the unsung heroes there, as usual – or the offense, the offensive line. Um, while Matthew Stafford was getting knocked around by the Vikings' defensive front, Cousins maybe didn't get touched the entire game. I mean, he got you know he got pushed a little bit. I think he got knocked down once. Um, he he did not get sacked, and he had time. It just looked it looked like how it's supposed to run, you know. Like um, and the coach. Uh, Mike Zimmer was asked, is this how you expected the offense to run when you brought Cousins here? And he just goes, yeah. <laughs> that was his answer. Um, so, um, But back-to-back four touchdown games for Cousins for the first time in his career. And he had three the week before. Remember, Bo, just three weeks ago, we were like talking about how his receivers had been kind of mildly complaining about the offense after that loss to Chicago and the chemistry just wasn't there and that could have been a huge distraction and that could have pulled the clubhouse apart you know the locker room uh, into you know factions and you know whatever and then they just have, they went out and have, they've been on fire since like it they just flipped a switch and he, it's insane I mean four touchdown passes to four different receivers when Thalen got hurt on that first touchdown pass in the first quarter and did not return so that's getting everybody involved. Everyone was involved. The line played great. Four touchdown passes. The uh, running back, Cook, had 142 yards. All all the tight ends, all three tight ends had a catch. Fullback had a touchdown catch. That's insane. Like, and, and meanwhile, on the flip side, the Lions' defense just seemed a little lackadaisical. I mean, they just didn't. They didn't get to Cousins. They weren't covering great. They didn't play awful, but they didn't play good. You know, it was just, they were just kind of there, you know. Sounds like the Lions. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's, a, here's a game where Stafford becomes the youngest player in NFL history 
to go over 40,000 passing yards should be a victory, right? You want a victory celebration for something like that. And then Jones Jr., four touchdown catches himself. Yeah. That's not really spreading it around. Uh, but still, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's – they were saying this is like the second time in 40 years a Lions receiver has four touchdown catches in one game. That should be a win. Those things like it, but it was you know. But it's like you said. Yeah, it sounds like the Lions. Yeah. Um, but man, Cousins could do no wrong. It was it was honestly like, and I, I mean, I've been critical of his play when it needs to be critical, and I've tried to be as objective as I can, even though I've you know watched his start in high school football, um, because that's my job. But man, it was really beautiful to watch. I don't think I've really said that about him in quite a while. Um, it was beautiful to watch. I mean, just everything. Oh, man, it was great. And they're on a roll. They're on a roll. If they keep this up, they're going to roll past everybody. Yeah. If everybody's getting involved in the offense. Now, ironically, through the first bunch of games, the defense is what really kept them in. And they hadn't given up more than 21 points in a game. And they did. And they still won because Cousins was so good. And the offense was so good. Um so it's just kind of one of those flip-flop games where you expected the defense to just control the Lions, and they didn't. And you expected, you know, Cousins to be rushed by the Lions' defensive front and, you know, whatever, and he wasn't. <laughs> it's just kind right. of weird. Yeah. So, I mean, where do we go from here, Bo? Sky's the limit, sounds like. I mean, in that division, too, uh, it's still. I feel like it's still kind of up for grabs. It's like, you know, at first it looked like the Lions were kind of gaining some traction. Now they're kind of falling off. Uh, you know, the Vikings, and now with, you know, everything you just said, uh, Green Bay killed Oakland this weekend. You know, they're kind of looking pretty good. Uh, it's really mixed. I think that, yeah, Green Bay, I think they're, they're 6-1 right now. Um, they look to me like the favorite, but, I mean, it's still, I mean, in my eyes, though, that could all change. We've shown... You know, this division has shown that, you know, everything can change in a matter of a couple of weeks. So I think it's a promising sign for the Vikings. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that it if they keep going the way they're going now, it looks like Green Bay and Minnesota could both be playoff teams. Although you can't count Chicago out. True. You really can't count the Lions out either, which is what's great about this division. The Lions toy with you so much every year, but they're always, almost always, in it for a good half the season right. at least. You know, so... Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of talented teams and players in that division. So, yeah. but if you they keep playing like this, it's gonna be tough tough to beat them because um, their defense is not gonna play like that all the time. Right? Uh, yeah. They're gonna be better now. Cousins is not gonna play that well all the time either. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, but a little off, you know, take a little away from him and add a little more to the defense, and it still kind of evens out. And I think that this is this is the start of something big for them. Yeah. We'll see what happens. All right. So from a entertaining game to a different kind of entertaining game, Hope Football, uh, they went up to <laughs> Finlandia and won a very lot to a very little. And understandably so, Finlandia is like, you know, has not been a great program. They Teams are regularly putting up 50 points on them. So, I mean, Hope puts up, what, 79? 79. And, yeah. uh it, which should be like, oh my gosh, 79 points. How in the world did they? But no, we're just like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, um, Par for the course. Yeah. Ironically, they were losing in this game because they got scored on by like a flea flicker on the first play of the game. Um, and then that was about it. Um, they've scored defensively. They scored all kinds of rushing touchdowns. They barely passed. They just ran the whole, the whole game. Uh, 
lots of guys. All the three running backs got in the end zone, just run the ball. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those days. I mean, Coach Sturzma was most excited that on a travel game where you go all the way up to the Upper Peninsula and you take your travel group, you know, whatever, that everybody on the travel group played, <laughs> which is rare. That's pretty cool that that, uh, you know, that that uh, everybody could get in to the game, uh, especially when you travel that far. That's a long way to go up it's, the Upper it's Peninsula. That's a, a trek. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to, like, kind of share that memory. Like, think about how long that bus ride is to get there just in general. But think about how much fun that bus ride was on the way back. Oh, winning yeah. that well where everybody had a hand in it everybody on that bus had a hand in it not just the starters or the star players or whatever that's pretty cool yeah. um so they continue their role uh not much more to make of it they won uh, big against a team they should have won big against so yeah. uh grand valley football also won the big local story with that is jake slager zealand west grad uh and a tight end for the lakers had caught his second touchdown pass of the year um which is a big spark for them and we'll hopefully dive into him and that situation a little bit deeper um, as we get closer to the Ferris State Showdown. Can't wait for uh, that. But it's going to be some local local kids doing. I mean, he's Slager's becoming an important part. I mean, he blocks a little more than he catches, you know, which is still important. Um, Xavier Wade from West Ottawa is a starting receiver and has scored a few touchdowns for Ferris State now too. So it could be uh, we could see that rivalry with touchdowns from multiple local kids on multiple on both schools which uh, is very rare so yeah. that could be kind of fun yeah um but yeah we'll we'll get more into that when we get a little closer to that game um Bo, michigan penn state i mean everyone uh thought actually after i don't know what everyone thought but it seemed like after the way things have been going michigan fans were kind of worried about this game mm. and i mean not worried about getting embarrassed like they did against wisconsin but michigan played really well mm-hmm. against a slightly superior team and lost by a touchdown. Like, yeah. that's about all. I mean, as far as in a loss column, that's about as good as you can ask for. You know, going to that rowdy environment on a Saturday night and, you know, playing better than expected. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they all wanted to win, of course. But, yeah. I mean, what do you make of these uh, Michigan's progress or lack thereof? Well, I would say I was actually uh, I was at a wedding this past weekend and there was a TV during the reception and, you know, when it's twenty-one nothing, you know, there's a few people kind of watching, but then later on in the night, all of a sudden, there's a whole crowd around the TV, and it's like, you know, what's going on? And yeah, they came back, and I think that it shows that you know they had every reason to just kind of lay down and not do anything. Um, you know, the whiteout at Penn State, it's like you know everybody's kind of counting them out, but but no, I mean they went down twenty-one nothing, and then they kind of came back. So um, I think that. You know, despite all the negativity surrounding them right now, the kind of failed expectations, I think that they're kind of showing that, you know, they're not done and they're gonna, they're gonna really kind of try to fight. And you know, who knows? You know, who knows what could happen? There's a lot of big games still left on the schedule, and you know, maybe there's an upset, you know, waiting to happen. But I think that this Michigan team is showing that, if anything, that they're gonna go down swinging. So. Yeah, and I think that was a good sign. I mean, Wisconsin was obviously not like that. And then on that same day, Illinois beat Wisconsin insanely. Um, which is just that was amazing, crazy. Yeah. So I'm not really sure still what to make of the whole situation, but they played much better in a hostile environment. I feel like this weekend they play, they host Notre Dame at a night game, and I believe that this is going to tell us everything we need to know about this season. 
Notre Dame's also ranked higher than they are. This is another nuts environment, but it's their nuts environment, and it's a night game at home. After playing well, you can still take momentum off a loss, um, I think. And I I think we're going to know everything we need to know about Michigan in this game because lose this one badly at least you know i i'm not saying their their season is completely sunk if they uh you know if they lose on a last second play you know or something like that but you can't expect to be in the i mean i know that this is not a big 10 game either but you're going to be a three three loss team before you hit michigan state and ohio state that's not good that's not good that's not up to their expectations now again they're losing to ranked teams ranked higher than them and this is what i don't understand now i understand them dropping quite a bit after wisconsin because wisconsin stomped them but i've never understood this about the rankings where if so penn state was ranked higher than than michigan going into this game penn state won by a touchdown in a decently close game that was played well by both teams and michigan drops a ton of spots I've never understood that about the rankings. If you have it, ra- if they have it ranked that they're supposed to lose this game, and this is not a Michigan thing. This is something that I feel that I would feel the same way across the board. It's not a. I don't think the. I don't think the voters are picking on Michigan. This is how they do everybody. You know, this is this. I mean, TCU drops the same way that Ohio State drops, the same way that Michigan drops, the same way that whoever Ole Miss or whatever will drop. So it's a it's across the board issue, but it bothers me because I'm like, okay, so if you're playing the number seven team and you're number twelve and you lose by a touchdown to a team they've ranked you to be inferior to, and you played well and lost to that team that you're supposed to lose to according to those same rankings, then you drop from twelve to twenty. Or wherever they are. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things like I know that that means it's an extra loss for them, but if they're if they're if your if your own rankings are telling us that they should not win this game, how can they plummet in those same rankings if they do what you expect? Well, I think it it probably is just because of the two loss thing. I mean, because there's probably I mean I don't I can't tell you know I don't have it open in front of me, but there's probably a bunch of one loss teams, and I guess it's the fear of having a two loss team you know suddenly make their way back up, or it, it must have something to do with that. Yeah, but imagine. it's just one of those like. You know that always bothered me about anybody. Right. I would, I mean, I even would go to bat for Ohio State on this or wh- whoever. Like, if if you're supposed to lose and you lose by one score to a team you're supposed to lose to, how can you drop a ton of spots? Right. It, yeah. If to me you performed exact like what was Michigan sixteen right or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. To me, and then we're, again we're just highlighting them because they were the game this week. If they're number sixteen and they lose to number seven by one score and they play well to me that proves they played like the number 16 team yeah like i don't don't understand that at all so uh not not that i should be shocked that i have or anyone else has any problem with the rankings and the way college football does anything but um but that that always bugged me that always bugged me but uh um it's it's happened to michigan state quite a bit too over the years too where they get oh yeah you know dropped by something and it's like really they almost want you know right but. And there were a couple of close losses with ohio state over the years where we went in the east lansing and it was some tough games but yeah and then they yeah. then they drop like nine spots right. in the poll and it's like yeah. but really um anyway so 
we could talk about that. I could talk about that all day. But what <laughs> I really want to talk about is the World Series. Hey. Who you got, Bo? <sighs> you know, uh, my heart's telling me the Astros. It's Houston all the way. I can't see it any other way. How about you? Well, that's really a, that was a really a fast and succinct yeah. answer. That's it. I mean, yeah. it's going to be great in the fact that the starting pitching for both teams has been great. Washington's in the World Series for the first time ever. Mm. Hashtag Expos. They never made the World Series. <laughs> people forget. We're, yeah. we, it's been so long, people forget they used to be the Expos. Yeah. Um, so, I think the Expos is a cooler name, too. I just uh, like Cooler that, uniforms, yeah, cooler, cooler name, everything. cooler yeah. everything, cooler players. Come yeah. on. They had <laughs> Andre Dawson, Tim Raines, Gary Carter. That's a bunch of Hall of Famers there. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. They got Scherzer and you know guys now, but it's not quite like. I mean, Harper was the, he's gone now, yeah. and and here they are in the World here Series, which is insane. <laughs> that fact alone is yeah. just insane. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, those '80s teams uh, on the turf, yeah, crazy, yeah, crazy. I missed out on that. Yeah, yeah you you young pup. Yeah, there they had <laughs> Hall of Famers, and they had their these outfielders that all just would throw cannons like they would throw people out the plate all the time andre dawson ellis valentine man they just it was just like boom and the, you don't run on them and they i feel like that's lost in baseball in general now mm-hmm. the the outfielders do not in general there's a few of them but like when i was growing up every team had somebody that would cannon you out at the plate mm-hmm. andre dawson dave winfield dave parker you, I showed you those Dave Parker oh, yeah. throws from that All Star game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they all had. I mean, in the era before, had guys like Roberto Clemente and Al Kaline. They all had huge um, outfield arms as well. But in the '80s, Dawson, Winfield, Dave Parker, Dwight Evans, they're throwing you out. You're not going anywhere, and it changes the game. The way games, the game happens because a lot of third base coaches put that stop sign up real. F- fast in the 80s and into the early 90s and that's not the case anymore there's only yeah. like two three guys that really have that good of an arm now mm-hmm. where in when i was growing up just about every team had somebody that could gun you down oh jesse barfield with mm-hmm. the blue jays he had a he might have had the best arm on all of them i don't know how i forget him i can't yeah. forget, can't leave him out but like anyway so i that's my digression on the expos <laughs> yeah um, but I mean, it's a battle of former Tigers too. I mean, yeah. you're gonna have you're gonna have uh, Verlander on the mound on one side. You got Scherzer and Anibal Sanchez pitching great on Washington. Fernando Rodney is their setup guy, yeah. uh, and he's been pitching well. Boy, he just seems like he just can do well everywhere but Detroit. Yeah, he just it? won't go away. Yeah. He won't. He's been like an all star on four different teams, not the yeah. Tigers, um, <laughs> but like. Um, it's just going to be really interesting as they these pitching matchups go. Cole in game one against Scherzer, and then. Verlander against uh, Strasburg, and then you got Sanchez uh, against Granky. That's when when you have six pitchers involved in that, and Anibal Sanchez, who's thrown two no hitters, almost threw one in the playoffs last week, and led the league once for the Tigers in ERA. When an ERA champion is your worst of six pitchers in these three game matchups, that's really good. Yeah, uh, I've never seen matchups like this. I mean, this is like. I shouldn't say never, uh, but it's it's rare. I mean, even when you had pitching dominate, you had Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling on the same team, or Kurt Schilling and Pedro Martinez on the same team. It's there's two there. Uh, there was some Yankee series against the Braves where you had like Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz against Clemens and Dave Cohn and Dwight Gooden or guys like that. 
not quite as everyone in their prime as this one is, um, but it's just it's it's rare and it's a beautiful thing to get. You know, a lot of times you get you got two great pitchers, you get to the World Series, mm-hmm. but for both teams to have three plus pitching at this level, go on a roll in the playoffs too, and it's going to be really exciting. I hope you like one nothing and two one games. <laughs> There's um, some, I'm feeling some crazy endings, though. I think there's going to be some really crazy finishes in this World Series. Some, you know, bottom of the ninth action, something like that. Something's going to mark my word. That's going to happen. That's I hope be- you're right. I hope you're right. And I hope it's not just a walk-off solo home run right. because we've been we've seen that. We've played that. out. Now, don't get me wrong. Those can be exciting, too. I mean, Altuve doing that off Chapman oh was gosh, pretty hype. Yeah. Um, but I miss, with all the walks, strikeouts, and homers, my the best part about baseball to me is plays at the plate. The World Series has there's been so many great plays at the plate over the years in the World Series. I hope this World Series has a couple of those. I don't care if it's out or safe. I want to see hits manufacture a rally and runners circling the bases, um, not in a home run trot because I think that's the part that I miss the most about baseball now. Uh, in baseball, that I miss most about. You know, other times in baseball is that, like, those possibilities. The possibilities all are now about speed and launch angle of the swing and exit velocity off the bat, and they have all these analytics about stuff. But like, but like for a hundred years or more, for more than a hundred years, the baseball has been like, hey, all right. So if there's a runner on second or a runner on first, and let's say there's a runner on first, if Altuve hits it into the gap. Can this guy score? How fast is he? Does he, you know, usually get from first to third or first to home really fast? How's the outfielder's arms? Where's the cutoff man? Is this guy going to get it, the ball in to him? Where are they lined up? Is the third base coach, you know, waving him home? What's the situation in the game? You know what I mean? There's so many things that you, once the ball goes into the gap that you're thinking as a baseball fan, who's going to field it, the center fielder or the right fielder? Who's got the better arm? Can they get him? Can they hold this guy at third? Is he going to score all the way from here? And if if he tries to score, is this guy going to get it? Is Altuve going to make it to third? You know, and you're thinking all these things and you still don't know what's going to happen. But baseball now is like, is this guy going to hit it out or not? You know, like, and I think that that's bothersome. I saw Altuve in a game I was at live in Houston. Uh, my wife and I were at one hit, one her over as an Altuve fan. He, they were playing the Blue Jays, and uh, he bunted, it beat it out a single, and R. A. Dickey was the pitcher for the Blue Jays. Tried to pick him off. The pickoff throw got away. And Altuve scored from first. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, there was another throw involved, you know, and stuff. Yeah. But basically, a failed pickoff, a bunt single and a failed pickoff scored a run. Mm. That's the excitement of baseball, yeah. moving around the bases, stuff like that. Like, uh, So we'll see. Right. Uh, but I hope – anyway, I hope there's a couple of plays at the plate because oh, yeah. uh, that's kind of like World Series legacy is to have some of those. So um, I'll, long, very long story shorter, yes, I like the Astros too in like maybe – Six games. Six games. Um, yeah. I think. I'm thinking like six. That's a yeah. good number. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'll go seven. I think that the you know between the Astros pitchers they have a slight upper hand enough that you know the national starters can pitch great and still lose two of those three first games, mm-hmm. um, and then that's kind of how it's going to go. Right. So, um, 
Bo, Holland Christian Soccer, you saw them last night in the regional. They won the district last week, and they beat Unity one nothing. Somebody finally scored a goal in a Holland Christian Unity Christian game. Yeah. Uh, third game this year and the first goal of the series. Uh, what was that like? Well, it was crazy. Um, I mean, you know, I was standing out there in the rain and the wind, and finally I, moved, I was smart enough to move up to the press box. But, uh, you know, it just the minutes just kept going by. I was like, you know, I was like first half, second half, and nothing was really happening. It was just, you know, two really, really good soccer teams, like, duking it out. Uh, and finally, after the first overtime period, you could kind of see that Holland Christian was starting to kind of, you know, press more and more, you know, against the Unity goalkeeper, who was really good, by the way. Um, but then that play happened, and you could, you know, I talked to Coach Dave DeBoer after, and like I told him, we talked about, you, you could see it happening. It's like, you could see the wheels in motion. You could see, like, what was about to happen. It's like, you felt it, because Unity kind of slipped up, and then uh, Chase Ferrix was right there, Logan Van Campen, and then you could just see, like, uh-oh, you know, here's trouble, and, uh, you know, they get that goal in, and it's, it was euphoric, and... You know, then they had to finish the game. You know, with three minutes left, and they did. Uh, credit to them. You know, they Unity never really got another chance, and uh, yeah, they're going on to the uh, district or, or excuse me, regional final on Thursday, and they will play the winner of Dwajak South Christian today. So, and uh, we'll have that uh, updated in the story when that when that game goes down. So sounds good. Great year for them. Still undefeated. Yeah. It's hard in soccer because you could be undefeated and the best team and one crazy bounce and you could lose one nothing uh yeah. not every sport is like that um so but we'll see how far they can go um they're obviously on a roll and their defense is playing great so yeah. um and both cross country i mean we had the conference championships last week um yeah i just want to talk a little bit about that and we got regionals coming up here this weekend mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, you know we got several local runners that uh you should watch out for uh Obviously, Abby and Arianne Olson from uh, West Ottawa. I got Heavy Carroll from uh, Hamilton. Uh, I mean, you got the entire Saugatuck teams. You got Ethan Senti, obviously, uh, from Zealand. So, Holland uh, Christians won two. Yeah, Holland Christians. Yeah, geez. I mean, you know, it's like Kuiper, you forget. You know, it's like there's Kuiper so yeah. so many athletes. Yeah, but yeah, Jillian Feeney and uh, Michelle Kuipers. You know, there's so many athletes you know, to watch out for this this year. That I think the, the state meet on November second is going to be really interesting. <laughs> For sure, for sure, we'll see how they do it uh, at uh, regionals and see what team. If we get some teams, we know we're going to get some individuals make the oh, state yeah. meet. We'll see. Oh, we'll get some teams. Sure. Um, that'll be very interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Zealand West won the boys conference. Um, Hong Christian was second in the girls. Yeah. West Ottawa girls. Did they finish first or second? Uh, they were second. Second in yeah. theirs. Um, but but they went one. The sisters went one two. Like it was no. Or, or no, excuse me. No, they were first. They were, they were first. first. They won. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, they were first. And the, right? Didn't you say the the younger sister, the younger Olsen, was like a minute ahead of the? Oh, the entire pack. I mean, and it, then the second, yeah. and then the oldest Olsen was that far ahead of everyone yeah. else. Like yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, I talked to Coach Kyle Barnes a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know that was the expectation was to go one and two at conference, and you know they did that, and uh, he wants the same two in the postseason. Um, you know, I think I mean, they got something really special there at West Ottawa right now. Yeah, so for sure, uh, it's pretty cool. And they're for sure. with Kyle Barnes, his first year there too. They're they're trying to build something. So sounds good. Sounds good. Lots of things happening. We'll have more epic volleyball matches next week. We got Hope Hope Calvin this Friday, and uh, you know uh, Hamilton is getting ready for their show their rematch showdown with Byron Center, and we'll have plenty of more. Uh, 
Bible and, and swimming stuff we'll talk about a little bit more next week um, when they have some bigger things going on. Um, yeah, so let's look back. High school football, let's get to it. Last week, Bird Bowl. Zealand West took care of Zealand East pretty handily. Um, took advantage of you know of some mistakes and scored two touchdowns on fourth down on the first two possessions. And, uh, boy, that really could have changed the game. But uh, the Ducks get it done on fourth down and built that lead and just uh, kept it going. They looked it's just not like how they looked all year. I mean, they looked in control. I mean, they didn't look in control that second day of that Byron Center game. They did look in control, though. They were down by a point, you know, getting the ball, and they went, drove whatever, 90 yards and finished three inches short. They looked in control till the last two plays of the game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is a big win for them, uh, especially with Zealand East having won the last two, both of them last year. Uh, they might end up playing again in the playoffs. We'll I hope see. that happens. Um, but uh, Zealand East also saw things, you know, that they needed to f- tweak, and uh, that could, you know, come into play in a rematch as well. Um, but it was a it was a good game. It's just nothing like uh, nothing like a bird bowl. Whole town's there. Um, it's loud. It's crazy. Um, and it's two good teams. So, uh, but yeah, Zealand West got that done. As expected, Holland Christian beat Holland in their rivalry match pretty easily, um, and Grand Haven beat West Ottawa in theirs. Uh, so not not quite as close of games, uh, yeah. but uh, you know, still it's still rival still rivalry wins. Um, Hamilton played Wayland, roll over them pretty pretty handily. Fenville beat Goebbels by two points on the road. Big win for yeah, them. That's crazy. Uh, and then uh, Saugatuck was up against unbeaten Lawton and lost by one score. I think that was the biggest surprise to me was that they were hanging with them. Yeah, I, did, I didn't see that coming because Lawton's just been dominating people as of late. No, yeah. That's pretty impressive by the Indians. For sure. Now let's roll that into what's happening week week nine. We'll get to the Saugatuck-Fenville game last because it's the super exciting one. Yeah. Um, Hudsonville versus West Ottawa, and this is going to be our, I'm guessing, our point-counterpoint uh, for the session because both so far behind in the picks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the option of picking every, against everything I do by going first. Um, Hudsonville versus West Ottawa. I really want to pick West Ottawa. I really do. I don't think any team should go 0-9. I think that really stinks. But Hudsonville's really good, and I just don't see it happening. So I'm picking Hudsonville. Well, you know what, West Ottawa? I've picked against you all year. I've said you're going to lose all year. And you know what? This is the week. Nope, West Ottawa big over Hudsonville. Ooh, big over Hudsonville. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. Like you know what? They're not going to go 0-9. That's just not going to happen. All right. Yeah. You heard it here first. That's right. Byron Center versus Holland. Um, Holland's had a tough season. They have one win. Uh Byron Center has just dominated everybody. I just can't see it. So I'm picking Byron Center on this yeah. one. To be honest with you, Dan, I can't really see it either. But guess what? Uh, the Dutch, uh, I think they're going to catch some fire this week. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe Byron Center, you know, they take the <laughs> take the week off. You know, I'm not really sure what their plan is going into Holland. But you never know with these games. That's, that's why you play it. And uh, It's true. Yeah, we'll go with the Dutch. It's true. You never know when a rainy fumble recovery could be the, the end. That's right. All right, Holland Christian Spring Lake. This game is more of a you know a little more of a toss up. Both teams are four and four. Um, I like Holland Christian this one, even with their injuries that they've had, because I feel like they've been playing well in the games that they've needed to play well, and also the games that their gauntlet of the OK Green is a lot different. And I think that that 
you know, kind of cast a little bit of a shadow over their record. So I like, the, I, I think the Maroons get it done in this one. They need this one to be playoff eligible. I feel like this has happened with their matchup against Spring Lake a lot of the years lately. Is that they have to have this win to 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 advance um, to the playoffs or to be considered to the playoffs because they, they don't automatically because they have four losses. But um, I like the Maroons. Uh, I like Spring Lake just because. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, to be honest with you, I've actually written about Spring Lake a couple times, just doing the uh, preview capsules every week for football. And, uh, you know, I think it's two solid teams. I mean, it's two 4-4 four and four teams. It, it, it's going to be a toss-up, but I, I give the edge to Spring Lake on this one. All right. And another intriguing matchup, Unity Christian versus Zeeland East. Um, Zeeland East actually needs this one to automatically qualify for the playoffs. Uh, they've beaten Unity pretty, you know, in recent years, even last year when they were the D five state champions, the year that Zealand East went to the semis, um, this game could be pretty interesting. But I think the chicks' history with the wing T and facing Zealand West and just coming off Zealand West and learning from that, uh, I think the chicks get it done. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take the Crusaders in this one. I uh, love this, by the way. <laughs> I know it's like the further we go down, the more I'm like the, the more the less confidence I have. But uh, I do like that you're going for it with hail marys and not going. Yeah. You know, I'd rather lose by four than lose by fourteen. No, yeah. uh, no he's he would rather go go down guns that's blazing. Right. I appreciate right. that. Going, yep, that's right. we're walking into the saloon with both guns drawn. That's right. <laughs> no, uh, you know, Unity Christian, uh, they're kind of a pesky team. Um, the Zealand East, it's like, yeah, they, they definitely need this one, but it's going to be a tough one to get against the Crusaders. You know, if I know anything about the Crusaders, they're not going to just give it up. So uh, Zealand East is going to have to earn it, but I think that at the end of the day, uh, the Crusaders will prevail. All right. So Zealand West of Hamilton, I'm going to make it. Uh, I'm going to take the easy pick with the Ducks here. Um, stranger things have happened. I've actually witnessed a year like this where Hamilton beat, upset the Ducks a few years back, which was uh crazy back when the basketball coach nick cronemeyer was the quarterback um and it was nuts so it can happen but i don't think it will i'm gonna say that if hamilton beats sealing west and i picked this correctly because i am gonna pick the hawkeyes i will go to a gas station and buy a lottery ticket because uh it will show how lucky i am but no not to it's nothing against the hawkeyes i mean no they're, absolutely they're good, not absolutely they're a good not. team i mean they're a solid good team this is the Zealand West is a juggernaut, and it's really, really good. But uh, you know what? I think that miracles can happen, and I think that uh, the Hawkeyes are going to find their miracle on Friday. All right. And that gets us to the rivalry we've all been waiting for, Saugatuck-Fenville. Uh, it's one of the best small-town rivalries around. It is. Uh, it has become a little bit more of a football rivalry over the last few years. It's always been a great basketball rivalry. And it's it's had some moments where it's been a really great football rivalry uh, the past couple years, especially um, lots of drama and action in these in these games. Um, they both have the same record. They both perform very similarly. I'm taking Sagatuck because of how they played against Lawton last week. I think that is the reason that they're going to take that momentum from that, even though it was a loss. Uh, and and take that take that out on their rivals it'll be a close game but i think Sagatuck gets it done as a Sagatuck alum i hate that you picked Sagatuck in this game yeah, well. it forces me <laughs> to pick the blackhawks uh you know i think that both these teams showed glimpses uh of you know they showed you what they had but at the end of the day 
it kind of comes to you know putting that all together and just keeping that going. And I think that's something that they both struggle with uh, this year. But uh, you know, especially Fenville, it's you know, they, have, they have some really good athletes on that team. You know, they're two capable quarterbacks. Um, you know, they're shown their athleticism, but um, you know, I think that uh, the Black House will get the job done. Um, and it's going to be close, though. I don't think it'll be a blow either way. There's been times where you know, Stogtex won big or Fenville won big unexpectedly, but I think this one will be close, but the, the Blackhawks will uh, get the edge. I'm waiting for a game where we have big games from brothers Tiger, Rastel, and Jaguar, Rastel, just to play with the headlines yeah. with the Tiger and the Jaguar and the mauling of whatever. So, so if, you know... Feel free to give us some great stuff there. Uh, call out to Tiger and Jaguar because um, that's super fun. I love their names. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this rivalry is really, really, really special, though. And I think this will be really cool. We'll have – we should have a video like we did with the Bird Bowl as far as, you know, documenting this rivalry through video, uh, which our video person uh, – Cassie Dashko did a great job with at the Bird Bowl, and uh, we she will be there again uh, for the Saugatuck Fenville game to give you the smaller town version of the Bird Bowl, basically. And uh, yeah, it'll be a great, it'll be a great matchup. It'll be a great week, and we'll see if uh, all of Bo Troutman's hail marys get caught at the same time, or if he turns into the furthest behind in the picks to end the season ever. So I can't uh, lose either way. I'm making history. Right. Now regardless. we do do the pick, continue the picks through the playoffs. Oh, true. But we might not have that many teams to be honest. So yeah. I don't know how that goes. So yeah. Um, but uh, the regular season, that's where the that's where the uh, the glory is of these picks. So, right. um, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, if you have nothing to do and no affiliation this weekend, go see Sockatuck versus Fenville. Um, there's nothing quite like it. Um, be a little step outside the box. I will say that all basketball season two. If you've never seen Saugatuck Fenville basketball, go see a game. Uh, it's there's nothing quite like it. You feel like you're in Hoosiers um, with the towns, all the towns against you know one town on one side and the other on the other. It's great. Um, so, but yeah, football this week. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. This will be a good football game um, an ep- in the epic rivalry. So. Um, yeah, so now you, that you've learned how Bo's going to fall even f- epically further behind in the picks, um, that's a plenty of stuff to, that we've went over this week, and lots of the, lots more to go over next week. We'll talk about playoffs. We'll talk. We'll break down week nine. We'll talk about Hope Cal volleyball. That's on Friday. We'll talk about the conference races in swimming and volleyball, and uh, you know previewing the rest of the postseason. We'll see if Holland Christian soccer is still going. Um, lots of things going on though. Lots of things, which is great. So. Yeah. Um, get out there and watch some sports while you still can before the town freezes over, um, you know, in the next month or so. But, uh, you know, uh, get out and watch some sports. And, uh, yeah, if there's uh, anything you're thinking we're not tackling as far as the podcast or you have a story tip, feel free to let us know. Sports at com. Send us an email and uh, we will definitely investigate. So um, for Bo, I'm Dan, and this is From the Press Box.